HVAC 360 is brought to you today by Metrics Construction Supplements. Does it feel like your job just isn't measuring up to your expectations? Is your work week longer than your coworkers? Then it's time to grab yourself a snack pack of Metrics Construction Supplements. These lab-tested and lead-approved little green beauties temporary but totally eliminate your ability to measure anything. How big is that foot-long hot dog? How should I know? You want those studs 16 inches on center? Speak English, man. You need this done by next week? Ha <laughs> ha, you use funny words. Visit your medical professional to see if Metrics Construction Supplements are right for you and get them today. Side effects may include dizziness, vomiting, chest pain, frequent and or vicious diarrhea, kidney stones, reduction in height, elongation of fingernails, barking, panting, fetching, headaches, and in most cases, a slight lean. Patients should also not work, eat, sleep, or operate any machinery. Honestly, we thought this was a great medication, but on second thought, you should probably just give this a hard pass and not consume this product under any circumstances. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is episode number 119. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360 helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. How do we do that? We do that by sharing lessons learned for people in the field and talking with industry experts. But we don't really stop there. I want to encourage you to double down on your weekly dose of HVAC knowledge by hopping on over to HVAC360.com and joining my growing community of people just like you. And as an added bonus for joining the list, um, you're going to be the, one of the first to get notified of free webinar series that I'm launching here in early 2019. Uh, there will only be 100 spots available for each webinar, so it's going to be a, uh, a list that's developed first come, first serve basis. So what's up for this week? This week we are going to be talking with the chair of the Certified HVAC Designer Exam Subcommittee, Mr. Mark Fly. Uh, we want to talk, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who this certification is for, what it means to make an exam, and some of the other things that you should know. And really, uh, it's, it's a really interesting stuff. So let's cut to the tape. <laughs> All right, today we're talking with Mark Fly, uh, PE, who's a uh, ASHRAE fellow, and he's also the executive director of NAIC. What's that, you ask? It's a it's Aon's new R&D lab. So how are you doing today, Mark? Doing real good. Uh, fantastic. Now, you are the um, chair of the Certified HVAC Designer Exam Subcommittee, correct? That's correct. That's correct. All right, so uh, I guess tell, let's let's back up a little bit. Um, what does it mean to have a certification as opposed to a certificate? Well, a, a, a certificate generally means that you've attended some kind of course or class and you set, successfully completed that class, which may or may not involve a test at the end. But it's really an educational session, you know, a, a, an educational event. A certification, on the other hand, it really is a, assessment and it validates it's trying to validate that the professional has competence knowledge and skills uh needed to successfully complete uh a certain job or a certain performance you know in in an area so it the difference really is have you gone through the class and you completed it or do you have experience in 
have you proven competence in that and those skills that maybe that class taught you? Right. So there, there, there are two terms that are that sound very similar but are extremely different. That's correct. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the newest ASHRAE certification and how it differs really from the other certifications? Well, the the certified HVAC designer is is really a the fundamental certification for doing HVAC design work, which for the people in the consulting industry is really core to 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 their business. So the you know the idea of this certification can, came out of the 2016 ASHRAE member survey, um, where there were about 1,900 respondents. 95% of the people that responded stated that competence in HVAC designers was very greatly, and about 81% said there was a great need for qualified HVAC designers. So, so you know, that kind of started the ball rolling. The ASHRAE Certification Committee determined that, that there was a need, um, and, and we believed that you know, we believe that PEs or people, registered professional engineers who are doing HVAC design will pursue this because that's really what they do. But but the idea behind the certification is that it's geared so, so that non-PE or non-degreed designers, maybe someone who has come up through the ranks and has, has worked their way into doing HVAC design, that they can... Uh, Take the certification, achieve the certification, and and uh, prove competence in, in that area. Um, the the intent was that you know even these HVAC designers and in, in most most areas are going to be working under a licensed registered professional engineer. Uh, you know in, in the in areas for for that that law and and uh, that requirement is. So, you know, we really, as we developed the exam, we wanted to make sure that we weren't trying to replace a PE test. That that certainly is not what we're trying to achieve. We're looking to to assess and qualify uh, anyone, regardless of their degree program or their uh, uh, their competence to do HVAC design. So, right, you know, uh, it- you know the. It could be a young engineer that takes the class. It could be a draftsman that spent twenty years in the trade and is now doing design. Right, and I and I think this is this is one of the you know it's again it's a, a core one of the core fundamentals like you said the fundamental uh, certification that that ASHRAE has now uh, produced. Um, I've, I've, and I've known you know <laughs> I mean both both you and I I mean we're professional engineers. Um, and we, I at least have had, you know, experience knowing guys who had, um, you know, a lot of experience that have, have grown up, uh, just doing HVAC design have, have been really experienced, but just hadn't, did really didn't have any sort of way to, you know, tell, you know, telegraph, uh, or issue on their resume to say that they really know how to, you know, design HVACs. Um, uh, HVACs, that's not a thing, but, uh, anyway, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know, to the counterpoint, I've also known H, uh, PEs that, you know, just have the, you know, brand new PEs, four years uh, of experience they, they took and passed the exam, but yet they don't have as nearly as much, 
you know, experience, design experience as that person who's been in the industry for 20 years. They just, they don't have that. So it's, it's, I guess, a sort of an equalizer. It's a, it's a way for people who want to uh, prove their competence in HVAC design and for those people to actually get some sort of recognition, some sort of title, uh, when they really didn't have anything to, um, you know, really get before. Yeah. And it also allows the principles of, of those, HVAC design firms to, you know, recognize and assess their employees, those, those designers that are coming up. So, if, you know, if you're looking at a new hire or, or, or you're setting professional development goals for someone inside your organization, this is a tool to, to, to use for that. So now what exactly uh, was your... Um I know you're the, the, the chair of the exam committee. What, what, what does that mean, and how did you actually get that spot? Well, I sat on the uh, ASHRAE certification, which is a standing committee under Publishing and Education Council. So uh, one of the many roles I've served in ASHRAE through the, through the, through the years. And so the chair is the person that, that, that works with the oversight committee, the certification committee, um, to de- develop it. All the rest of the members are not members of, of that. So uh, my job is really to ensure that, that we have followed all the ANSI and ISO processes, that we have a valid, reliable, fair examination, and that everyone on the development cons- committee reaches a consensus in regards to the scope and the eligibility requirements and the uh, difficulty of the test. Right now, I guess how how does it, how does one go about selecting the members of the subcommittee? So you're chairing it. How do, how do people get on this thing? Well, the, we you know we sent out a call for members, got a lot of responses, and and, and the certification committee had a subcommittee that selected those, and so we looked at everyone's um, experience, their their bi- biographical information, um, and and we ended up picking. Um, about 15 members, including myself, and all the other members are practicing either design build engineers or consulting engineers. And, you know, uh, and I went through, uh, when I knew I was going to do this, I went went through the, the resumes and stuff. I counted up about 460 years of experience in those 14 people sitting on this committee, and the average experience of the committee members 30 years. So we also spent a lot of time when we did the selection to make sure that not only did we uh, select people from North America, you know, U.S. and Canada, but that we also paid attention to, to uh, international members and to, to gender. So we have a good mix, very broad mix of people developing the, the test. And and why do you, why do you feel that was important to to include? I mean, obviously, ASHRAE is an international organization, but can you just talk about why that's that's so important to to get that perspective? Yeah, well, there is a lot of interest internationally in this certification. Also, about twenty five percent of the people uh, that responded to our development survey were were international members. So, uh, ASHRAE is an international society. We want to make sure we serve serve all the membership. And uh, and plus, people are you know working in the U.S. or working around the world. So the you know the what we found is as we did our research is that the practices 
and the knowledge isn't different in the U.S. and Canada than it is anywhere else. You know, there there are codes and standards that change a little bit, but the fundamentals are all there. <laughs> the laws of physics don't change from place to place. The laws of physics don't change. Yeah. So so now you you've got the you've got the green light from the committee. You you've gotten your exam subcommittee all set. What what are the what are the, sort of the next steps that that take place in creating one of these exams? Well, you know, so so kind of the the process we go through is, you know, first we re- review and collect all the background area, you know, what we call the body of knowledge. <laughs> What documents, what what information are essential to doing HVAC design that every designer needs to know, and and then from that we from that and from the committee we create a very large task list of all the things that we think an HVAC designer does, um, and and this was a very long list. That list gets turned into a survey, and we sent the survey out, and we've got about 1,200 responses from 60 different countries. About, Like I said, about 25% of them were non-U.S., and these responders come back and say, okay, this is important, this is very important, this is not very important from our standpoint. So uh, once we have this massive amount of survey data, we spend a lot of time doing extensive analysis and with the survey data, we also had the demographics. We saw where they were coming from. We, we, we assessed whether they were an employer, whether they were a registered professional engineer or a designer or a contractor or a design build contractor, and weighed, weighed all that to put together basically our, our uh, test specifications and the list of, of, of required uh, subject matter that we needed for the test. Uh, the next step that we've just completed was we sent all all the members of the committee went through extensive training and we're working with a outside testing partner PSI AMP uh, who are experts in this ANSI ISO process of how to develop fair unbiased tests. They train us on how to write questions and and how the questions have to be formed. We create this big bank of questions, and at that at the moment, we're we're in the next couple of months, we're just going to go start working with them and going through and and uh, reviewing all the test questions and make sure this all goes together. So there's many many test questions we pick from that pool, randomly different ones that put on tests. But it, it's a very complex and extensive process if you follow the ISO ANSI standards to put these together. So now a lot of this information that uh, the steps that you went through, um, that is actually contained now, uh, very exciting, uh, is contained in the guidebook, the candidate guidebook that has just been released. If you're listening to this live, um, we're about uh, you know, mid-February. So now it's it's the, like the first first part of February, it was released. So um, I guess what what is in that guidebook specifically and uh, how can you get a hold of it? Well, you can, you can get, it's on the ASHRAE website. If you go on the ASHRAE website, go under the professional development tab, you'll find certification types and then there's a CHD or certified HVAC designer place to click. And if you click one more, it downloads that guidebook for you. So you get this guidebook, and the uh, and the guidebook describes you know how to apply for the test. It, 
describes what the qualifications are. We have some, some uh, depending on your education level, some experience level, some minimum qualifications that we feel people need to have before they set for the test. And, and then, then there's a list, basically, of all the categories of these questions that I just described before. So you can get some flavor for what kind of questions and what kind of subjects are going to be addressed. Right. So there's there's actually an exam blueprint that kind of talks about the difficulty level of the test, uh, the difficulty level of the questions, and then what type of um, categories that you're going to expect to see on the test, correct? Right. So now, I guess, um, talking about uh, some of the things... What were what were some of the big discussions uh, in the uh, amongst the committee regarding the direction of the certification? Well, I mean, probably the biggest one that that, that we spent a lot of time on was basically the scope of the test. You know, uh, we we want to make sure that this is not you know we're not proposing this as a PE replacement. So, uh, getting the 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 test focus and scope focused at the right job applicant. You know, we're not we're not preventing PEs from taking the test, but but we're really trying to focus on the designers and and not not that. The you know the other part that kind of goes with that is the rigor of the test. How hard are the questions? You know, how much uh, how you know how practical versus theoretical the questions should be, those kind of kind of things. And you know uh, and and make sure that the test is focused on an HVAC designer, not necessarily on an HVAC design engineer, and drawing that distinction. So that was a lot of the discussion that that went on. We were also very careful as we went through uh, to make sure, and and our international partners on the on the committee also made sure of this that 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 the you know we didn't become U.S. centric, that we weren't referring to U.S. codes and standards, that we were recur- uh, just talking about best practices and keeping everything focused, basically using ASHRAE standards, handbooks, and other publications, things that are universally available to to uh, to people for the subject matter of the test. So now, and and again, this is this is geared. It's not towards you know professional engineers, but it is kind of a uh, an in between. It's it's not necessarily an entry level certification. Um, it is a certification where you know once you once you've been a designer for a little bit, you know your stuff, and you can sit for the exam. Right. So it's and technically, and and I, I look at some of the uh, the work experience um, or the eligibility requirements, and they 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 actually look different than say some of the other certifications that you have for uh, high performance buildings or uh, you know certified um, healthcare design. Those those are those are a lot more stringent. They expect you to have a lot more knowledge for those right. exams than this one. Yeah, those are real specialists, and this is more of a generalist you know, in the HVAC field. So, you know, if you might get the CHD before you went and became a certified hospital designer. Uh, that that just ha- wasn't how we happened to develop the certifications at ASHRAE. But, but I'm kind of glad that we did wait because I think we learned a lot in the, uh, in the specialist certification that we could apply to this certification as we went along. 
So now I, I guess one of the one of the things, one of the questions that that I know has to come up is just looking at some of the resources. If you if you look at the guidebook, um, you have some publications that are that you expect people to be familiar with and to to be able to learn from. Um, and and I got, I got to admit, if uh, they they've listed three of the four handbooks that Ashray has. And, you know, ASHRAE Standard 55, 62.1, 92.1, um, some commissioning uh, standards, and the International Mechanical Code. That, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. That's a laundry list. How do, how do you, is, is, is that too much? Is that enough? Or, or, or how, do you, how do you see those? Well, I mean, th- these, are, these are tools that if you're an HVAC designer, you use every day. So, you know, we're not looking for people to memorize the HVAC applications handbook by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, we're really looking at practical knowledge. The, you know, the, the standard of care of doing HVAC design is defined in those documents that, that we, that we listed. So, you know, I, I don't want people to be too intimidated by the list of documents. That think I have to read, read all these things cover to cover, but, if you're a designer, you should be in there, or you're likely to be in there a lot from time to time, looking at, at different aspects. If you need to know how to size ductwork or how to size pipe or what you know, different different things are all contained in those documents. So, like I, like I said, it's it's you know we we needed to list resources to say these are the things that are covered. But we're not going to go so deep to say, you know, what's what's in chapter forty-two on page twenty-six, kind of thing. Right. So it, it might be more useful to look at that exam blueprint, the uh, uh, appendix A of the right. uh, the guidebook to to look and right. kind of see, you know, it, can I, you know, you know, like item one, system design, uh, line item A, it says supply uh, or size supply return and exhaust ducts. So right. If you can do that, great. And you can go to the yeah. You can go to the Ashray Handbook of Fundamentals, and and the information on how to do that is in there. Yep. If you don't know, so so you can kind of go down the list. It might be more useful, I guess. What I'm saying is that <laughs> work off the exam blueprint rather right. than you know reading all the you know the tomes that uh, that you have listed in the resources. So right. All right, so uh, I guess ex- I know we talked about it a little bit before, but. Uh, why why is it i mean you you see uh, exams out there that are more of a, a course and a test um now this is i mean and this kind of muddles the water because we talked about it before where a certificate that's exactly it's exactly kind of you take a, you you take a course and you get a certificate but you know i know that there are exams out there where you actually you know sit for a three or four day course and then there is the last day you take a test um, why is that, you know, I mean, I guess, how does this, how does ASHRAE, you know, uh, differentiate itself by not doing that? Well, I mean, this all goes back to, actually, that is forbidden, uh, by, by the ANSI process. And, and the idea is we're trying to assess someone's capabilities, not necessarily their ability to regurgitate something you just heard or learned and that you may or may not retain. We want to under, you know, assess, we're trying to assess your understanding. So that's the idea behind it. But, you know, if you, if you have an ANSI uh, uh, accredited 
and and you know we get audited and reviewed by ANSI to make sure that we keep our our basically our accreditation on this certification. You cannot teach the test, so it, it's it's very important that that to us we there are many ASHRAE resources that will that have components and knowledge that could help you pass that test, and and I'm not saying that any of them would would be detrimental, that it would be a good idea to take a lot of them, especially as a young designer or someone who's striving to, to get to this point. But we're not going to give you a course that teaches you specifically what the questions on the test are. That wouldn't be an assessment of your ability. Right. And I, and I think to that, to that point, um, not only are you not, if you went to, you know, the ASHRAE website, you're not going to see a, um, you know, HVAC or a certified HVAC designer prep course. Um, right, uh, and especially I think ANSI talks about the distinct the, the the kind of it's it's you have the exam development and you have an educational component and they're not supposed to be ingle, in, intermingled at all. Is that right? Right. We we do not work with the professional development committee to develop courses for our tests at all. I mean, for our certifications at all. Now, I, I guess to that to to also. Uh, uh, point out um the one thing i guess that you do have and you do produce is a practice exam so there is some practice questions can you talk a little bit about that yeah there there are practice questions to kind of give you the flavor and give you the uh uh, and and they will be derived from the question writing um exercise that that the committee members are doing right now so it's really to kind of give you an idea of what the rigor of the test is going to be. How hard is this going to be? Am I ready yet to to take this to go for this certification? So, uh, so to, to, you know, just, just so people don't walk in completely unaware of what they're walking into. Right, and I and I think it does give a good good idea of how typically the questions are worded, you know, or or what they look like. Right. So now the just a kind of some some nuts and bolts of the exam. Um, I know that in the past the uh, exams have been two hours, and now they've traditionally they've bumped them up. They've added a half an hour for that. Um, so, but um, can you explain? There's 115 multiple choice uh, uh, questions on the exam, but your candidate your your score is only based on a hundred of them. What what's what's right. the, the where's the extra 15 go? The other fifteen are trial questions, things that that you know the that the committee and the development people are using to, uh, and they're looking at people's pass rates and scores and the demographics of the people taking the test and and seeing if this is a good candidate to include in our question pool because we want to maintain a large question pool for this test, you know, so that so that we can. Uh, a, if you if someone takes a test and needs to retake the test, they don't get the same test again. You know, so there again, going back to we're trying to assess your skill, assess your skills, not your ability to remember uh, uh, a particular question or something. And and so they're putting these fifteen uh, trial questions in there just as a vetting method to make sure that we're we're doing that. In addition to the two and a half hours, if you're a non-native English speaker, you're allowed thirty minutes extra on the test because a lot of people have a little more trouble with the, you know, they're just operate a little slower if, if they're not um, English speakers. 
Right. And and I think that from the from the exams that have uh that I've seen in the past, there are some questions that are a little bit wordy. Yes. So, te- so. Te- technically the harder questions are wordier and so that's that's kind of a, you know, uh, a drawback to anybody who's not a non-native English speaker. Right. So so we've given them some extra time and 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 that was you know, that was worked through with with ANSI our accreditor and you know, it, it, it took some work on the committee's part to, and data, you know, look at, looking at test scores and looking at, at our pass rates for international non-native versus English speakers to justify that. So it's one of the things we've been able to include of, lately. Right. And and I know that, you know, in, in, in talking with some of the people at ASHRAE, it, it, it was important for non even non-native English speakers uh, to be able to take the test and get the ASHRAE certification. They weren't necessarily interested in getting a certification that might have been, um, you know, only for, you know, Spanish speaking countries or only for, you know, a certain demographic. They want they wanted the ASHRAE certification. Yeah, ASHRAE has a very high prestige around the world, having worked with many of the international people over the years it's it's amazing what you know a set of ashray handbooks on somebody's desk and in some of these places is is worth it's almost worth more than their degree so So. uh, i i guess if you are uh what what are some of the upcoming milestones now that you've you've published the uh, candidate guidebook what can people expect in the upcoming months Okay, the the exam development committee right now, you know, kind of coming coming up. We're just finishing up the exam. The next few weeks we're going to finalize items. The the applications for the exam are going to open on March first, and the computer based uh, exam will will launch worldwide on on June third, and then uh, the first what we call paper and pencil test, the first live test will will actually be given at the ASHRAE meeting. Uh, uh, annual meeting in Kansas City this summer. So. Okay. But uh, your first opportunity is to take the test at one of one of the testing centers is on June 3rd. Okay. Now, and I, I know that right out of the gate, they don't necessarily give you a, a pass-fail um, for some of the first exams. Is that right? Because there's some things that you have to do prior to that? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have to go on online. You have to submit your, your application and your qualifications. Um, once you're approved for that, which takes about five days to, to get that approval, you need to set for that exam within the, the next 90-day eligibility uh, um, time. So those, those are kind of the requirements as, as, you, as you go in. But you do have to submit your qualifications so, so that we can uh, review those, make sure that you you meet the qualifications of the certification. Okay, so and that's some of the the sign up process that they're going to have to right. going to have to go through and get approved. Um, and again, you know, all this is really explained in the guidebook, um, along right. with some of the fees. So right now, I think there's some fees listed in the guidebook. Those are probably going to change and get updated once we get through some of this uh, preliminary. Uh, preliminary stuff because I, I noticed that there were some even some discounts yeah i mean the 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 ashray fees are reviewed by the certification committee every year so they 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 all all can change a little bit but you know for ashray members right now it's 395 dollars and for non-members it's 545 dollars uh 
if if you do not pass it the first time, there's a you know very deep discount, and you can retake the exam for members 175, and for non-members 225. So, um, you know, so one of the, one of the things that that you know, it's worthwhile being an ASHRAE member, even maybe even joining ASHRAE to to take the test. You, you also get, as part of that, you get access to the ASHRAE handbook online, which includes those four chap those four handbooks that that are listed in the in in the uh, as part of the resources or the body of knowledge. So. Right. So I guess assuming they pass the exam, it's it's not just okay. You know, I pass the exam. I'm I'm good. What what are some of the things that people can expect to have to maintain? Um, because there is a main you know a maintenance uh, process right. for the exam. So 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 no, to maintain your certification, basically the certification is good for three years, and uh, on the third year by December thirty first, you have to renew uh, your certification. Um, the really purpose of that is you want to dem- demonstrate that. The continuing competence that you're, you know, that you're, you're learning as you go along, that you're building in your career. So to maintain your certification, you have to do at least one HVAC design project, which if you're an HVAC designer, we would hope you'd do. Um, you need 30 hours of professional development, uh, and uh, and up to 15 of which can be earned through having completed additional. HVAC design projects, and you have to comply with the code of ethics that's listed in the in the guide. So there's a code of ethics around the HVAC designer uh, certification, also. So those are the things you need to to do to to renew every three years. So you know the expectation is that you're going to keep keep up to date on the latest uh, information as as it develops. Okay, so it's not as not as onerous as the uh, uh, in the year in the U.S. the uh, the PE exam um, to uh, become a, a or to the continuing education for the PE is about fifteen right. credit hours a year. So this ends up being like ten credit hours a year plus some experience. Right, and and a lot of it can be done in your daily work. So okay, fantastic. After that, so. Fantastic. Well, I, we talked a, lo- a lot about, uh, covered a lot of topics on this certification. Any, anything that you uh, think that we uh, that we need to uh, cover before we uh, close out? Sure. Um, I mean, there. I can't express to you how how much excitement is around this certification program in the ASHRAE community and the people I know. That you know, it's we really think this is probably going to be one of the most popular certification programs that that we've released. Uh, um, you know, we feel like this is going to bring a great benefit to not only the designer but also their employers. So that that so that you know it it adds a level of uh, value to to the person that achieves this certification, and it and it lets your employer, your peers, and your customers you know kind of know that that you you have some level of competence in what you're doing. So. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of excitement around it. We're really looking forward to get getting this out. There's been a lot of work go go into up to this point by the exam committee, and I am very impressed with the guys sitting on that committee. I can't say enough about them. They've they've really dug in there and and worked hard on this. Excellent. 
Well, Mark, I really appreciate you um, coming on and talking about the certification. You know, best of luck to the certification. I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, when I saw the candidate guidebook come out, I was, uh, I was stoked. Um, you know, seeing that. So I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, uh, thanks a lot. All right, thank you. All right, thanks again to Mark Fly for uh, taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, check out the show notes for other things and links mentioned in the interview. You can find that over at the show notes page at hvac360.com slash 119. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. If you know somebody who needs this type of information, and, and frankly, anybody who is looking to you know take their career up to the next level and get a, a certification, this is a great one to get. Uh, it's really... Uh, something that you can shoot for, even even if they're not looking to get a certification. I think if you if you go to the guidebook, and we talked a little bit about this in the interview, but if you go to the guidebook and you look at the things that HVAC designers should know how to do, you can kind of give yourself a uh, a mental score on saying, okay, I'm doing good on this area. Hey, I need to uh, make up some uh, stuff uh, in this area. This is an area of focus that I should concentrate on, and you can kind of grade yourself like that. Um, it might be just as simple as that. So if you think some, if you know somebody that needs some kind of information like that, go ahead and pass this along. All right. If, finally, if you're not a subscriber, consider joining the list of people just like you over at HVAC360.com for some more weekly goodness. And if you wouldn't mind, I would be greatly appreciative of anyone leaving me a rating review on Apple Podcasts. This helps spread the word. And I'd greatly appreciate it. Hey, one last thing. If you didn't know um, and you are a YouTube junkie, uh, we are now issuing and uh, putting our podcasts on YouTube. So you can go ahead over go over to YouTube. Uh, the uh, HVAC 360 is the channel. And why don't you uh, subscribe? If, you take the, if you've taken enough time to go check us out, just hit subscribe and you're going to get notifications on when um, the new podcast show up. So it's just something great. Give me a comment. Give me some feedback there. Uh, that's all regular YouTube stuff. So I'd greatly appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap for this week of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always... Know what you build and share what you know. 